good baseball player pick recently. So I thought maybe we could start with that. Um, And I was thinking about how it reminds me of the Gleaners by Malay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, Because I feel like, well, a lot of them seem to be bending over to like catch a ball. So they're just like, even in the same pose a bit. And then I was like looking at up and it was saying it was like this homage to lower class women in rural society, but it mentioned the word sympathetic too. And and you mentioned that in your, Mm. in your info page. And I just thought that was an interesting, um, I don't know. I like that. I like that. I was like thinking of this and that they both, that they both use the same like adjective to describe it. Yeah. I mean, I, feel like that makes sense in terms of a connection. Um, it's not something I would say I th- think about very explicitly, like that. I mean, I think about actually impressionism a lot, um, mm. just because I think I also have a sort of a tendency to paint a little bit impressionistically. Um, and like, yeah, I let colors get really muddy and um, a lot of pastels. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, um, but the baseball thing, um, I like like that it has, it's it very much like, um, you know, it ha- there's so many access points to this. It's like, it's just such a sign or something. Yeah. And the, the, the particular, I like that the bending, I've, I have painted mostly bending over figures. Um, I think because something about the shape that their bodies make mm-hmm. um, feels like a subversion for me of, around like the narrative of baseball, I guess, like just because, you know, I learned at one point, I mean, this, this probably clear to anyone who looks at my work that I know nothing about baseball. These paintings are about <laughs> baseball, but they're not. They're like, yeah, um, I also I know nothing, nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's always a little bit like, oh, I'm about to be really embarrassed because I'm going to say something wrong and um, totally incorrect about the game. But um, that's the risk I take. And um, that's, I think, part of the work as well. But um, what I was trying to say is that. Um, at one point I had learned that, you know, fielding a grounder just means picking a ball up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And there's just all this language in baseball that right. is very kind of esoteric, um, specialized language that's quite poetic and describing things that are very, um, you know, kind of very basic, flat-footed kind of American sensibility of like, hitting the ball with a stick and picking up the ball on the ground, you're fielding the grounder. So I just liked that, um, that there could be um, that way of thinking about something that is just the gesture of picking up a ball on the ground. So yeah, and then for, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's funny because I just I think about that shape and that. I mean, because I do have these. I have that one painting right now hanging up, and I look at it all the time. Mm-hmm. And being in the pandemic, being at home, that means like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm all, it's like a weird kind of mystery that re like remains ever present in a way. Like, I don't know what the baseball things mean. I don't yeah. know what my, um, what I'm really after, but I know that like with time, like I'll know more. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of stuff I sort of think about, or that's sort of in the background actually, about baseball being like this kind of rite of passage for immigrants, you know, mm. you know early Watching America. Watching it or playing it or both? Probably both. You, I mean, I would assume that's part of the culture is like, you know, is like it's so meaningful in sports when they have like for you know I'm Chinese American, so Chinese American mm -hmm. athletes right. a lot. It's very meaningful. People, um, you know, um, attach a lot of meaning to that. So, and um, yeah, I mean, sports and nationalism I also just are kind of a thing. But um, yeah, just that you know, for um, I think Italian and Irish immigrants, baseball was a way to just become American. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. sort of like feeling like, because I have felt at many times that I have sort of immigrated to the country of painting. Right. <laughs> I think, did I say that to you before last time? No, like, no, but I like that a lot. I mean, I do feel like the, I feel like there's a lot there. Like it's like a stew of things in these paintings right that's that's like that's what goes on and it's like it's really tempting to try to like pin some kind of like perfect meaning but it's like that's not what no I think are. that's what's nice about them is that they resist like yeah one singular like they're not they don't feel like symbolic I guess or I don't they don't at least not a they're not a singular symbol of something Right. There's something in there about, there is some symbolism, but it's like, yeah, there, I, I guess it gets a little more um, muddied with other types of, I mean, they're also just formal. Um, yeah. There's a lot of formal kind of just trying to get resolution and dealing with like how painting um, kind of how the, how the tension and, you know, um, um, how shapes fit together, how, you know, how things kind of fall. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I do think I feel like they're about painting, like paintings about painting, like as like a game or like a... Right, there's yeah. that too. Yeah, I know somebody showed me recently a set of like playing cards that were called Art Ball. And it was like these playing, it's like a some artist edition from the 60s, I think. And it was like all these, um, you know, like Abex painters with their heads pasted on like baseball guys, but they were playing <laughs> cards. And it was like totally the the um, sort of analogy of like the baseball team and like the team of Abex painters and how they were like all on the same team. Or, yeah. And there's like stats and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think some of the things about them that I think are very strong are like how like they kind of contradict some of the things that I think about baseball. Like 
as sure. again as someone that doesn't know anything about it but like I don't know like you can picture someone like sliding into home plate or whatever or like <laughs> some dramatic thing but they're actually really quiet like not they don't feel rushed or intense in any way they feel like very like uh, uh, <laughs> um yeah. like a slow moment in the game <laughs> I know I I'm I tend to be attracted to the figures or the players who are just like really not they're not the you know the, it's not the moment that wins the game right like maybe they're in the outfield or something <laughs> there yeah maybe I mean they also started because I worked at the Met and it was a chance to get really familiar with the collection and then I like took a kind of perverse joy in knowing the most esoteric parts mm. you know people would come and ask about like where can I find this one painting? And I'd be like, well, that's room number, you know, 457. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's how I got familiar with baseball cards in the first place is because I would like go find weird places and there's a really big baseball card collection at the Met called the Burdick Collection that um, is permanent and it's rotating. So there's just always like a display. It's a whole like, Eh, like a wall Mm -hmm. and um uh they come from like all parts of the 20th century you know some are really really early and that's what the really early ones are the ones that I really probably first kind of started thinking I should paint from them or started just drawing them or thinking about them because they're like early photography so it's like obvious there's there was an awkwardness that I liked about um the way the baseball players would be like holding the position like it's like they're supposed to be at this decisive moment but they're just like you know maybe their arm went down a little because they're just holding the position yeah kind of there was some like you know a kind of sweet pathetic quality (laughs) and they also were very homely and had baggy outfits right the outfits were much more like silly looking kind of yeah um yeah, that all makes sense. I had no idea there were baseball cards at the Met. They're in the photo department? They're in the um, American wing in the um, the visible storage part of the American wing. So it's actually, it's like the mezzanine level and the second floor. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's mezzanine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take a little, you know, clear glass elevator to get there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go to like, it's like next to the bathroom. <laughs> nice convenient <laughs> um so were you a security guard like did you have to wear the little suit and stuff no I that would have been cool to have the suit I had a really lame um apron <laughs> I had to wear an apron um I just like took tickets and stuff oh <laughs> yeah um. It's a position that doesn't exist there anymore. It was, oh. But yeah, it was my first job out of grad school. When, what, what year was that? 2013. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, between 2012 and 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the winter of 2012. I'm just going to get this pizza out of the oven. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's just like you know 
on a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday before Christmas. I know. Uh, I like have been doing a lot. And so I'm also going to be eating this pizza if that's okay. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I had my little dinner already. I got some chicken strips and made some vegetables. <laughs> nice. I did a workout right before this, actually. And then oh, I. Good for you. And I got in the shower and then I was like, yeah, I, I do. My friends do like a circuit training three times a week. So I've been trying to do it as much as I can. Is it just like a YouTube video or is it like a live situation? It's a friend of mine who runs it and oh. um, he makes up new exercises every week. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like I've had only intermittent like um, success with doing workouts. Like, I mean, I took a, I was doing very gentle exercise for most of the lockdown. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I feel like I was trying to get motivated to get into that more, a more concerted effort, but I haven't done it that much. <laughs> I feel like it's just, you have to do, I mean, I definitely wimp out like two times out of three, mm-hmm. but um, when I do do it, I feel a lot better, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Sorry to take up. No, no, I am, I enjoy all like divergences and just like, I really like, I mean, yeah, like I really like knowing just all the parts of people's lives and (laughs) how it relates to whatever. I mean, maybe it doesn't always relate to their work, but I'm just like, I'm very curious about those things. So yeah, I think that it's been nice actually in the podcast to um, have it be like a little bit of day in the life or like you get a more full picture of maybe like what's around that person. It's not necessarily like a super um you know professionalized like yeah kind of interview right that's that's what I wanted it to not be like this super like formal thing because I feel like we have that already and I don't know I just feel like when artists talk in their studios it's a lot more fluid and relaxed and yeah yeah, it's amazing that how much information you can get actually just from hearing, like listening to people talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if they're like, I feel like maybe sometimes artists like want to obscure that part of themselves or something. I mean, I, I don't feel that, but I sometimes when I hear artists talking about their work, I feel like they, they want to create this like facade or something. And I'm like, don't really understand why. It's interesting, actually, to compare all the artists you've spoken to and think about, like, yeah, self-consciousness about speaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something I think I'm practicing thinking about for myself, you know, and, like, assessing how comfortable I am in different scenarios. Yeah. I've been, um, I don't know, using my voice more. Yeah. Years. You seem very relaxed I, from my perspective, I have to say. 
And I feel like a lot of people have confessed to me that they felt very nervous before the interview, but um, which I can understand. But yeah, I, I really like being interviewed. Like I find I'm like my most alive or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just very thrilling to know someone's like listening to me like attentively. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's right. It's also nice. It's like a conversation that's larger than you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, I feel like I rise to the occasion a bit or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, another thought I was having about the baseball players is like, they're, they're pretty much all solitary right like it's this team sport but you only see them kind of by themselves yeah that's right um I mean there are baseball cards I have some that have more than one you know that have multiple players on them Mm -hmm. those get really comedic yeah (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of like you know it's like two people in like a little rectangle like cropped really closely Mm-hmm. A lot of action. I've not tried to paint any of those, but um, I have mm, kind of hung, or I kind of like think about the baseball player paintings as being hung together in um, different kind of modular um, arrangements where. There are also some of the same size canvas in in the grid that are actually um, kind of like monochrome painted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I like the player the baseball players to be in a grid, but they do need a little bit of space sometimes. like they can't just be like, you know, you can't they're hard to look at very close together. And also I don't like them to be necessarily completely isolated either. There's just like this opportunity for all these kinds of different, like bringing together like these shapes. And also they are like on a team. Right, that's what I was gonna, yeah. So like hanging them together is like creating the team in a way without them being in one single painting. I wouldn't say it's like a team, but it's like a way, it's just like, they you know then to consider the shapes and the sort of gestures in relation to other similar shapes and gestures Mm -hmm. um and also you know brings up time and um yeah the sense of time passing in a game i guess or um sometimes it's the same sometimes they're they're serial like they're the same um the same shape, the same, like, it'll be the same. I'll make like three paintings of the same exact baseball player. Anyway, it's for anybody specific. Yeah. That's what I feel like they could all be the same player. Like they're not really, they don't really have much facial features, right? Yeah, not really. There's one baseball player I really have enjoyed painting um, that I don't know anything about really, but um, his name is Willie Green. Mm -hmm. And I painted him a few times. Um, because I have one particular baseball card and it's one where he's, he's not, it's on, I think it, it, he just hit and then he's running, Mm -hmm. 
that's what the the posture is um so it's really different from the other ones but he's the only one where it's like you can really see his face mm. do you like not knowing too much about them like i feel like there's a lot of like narrative sometimes around sports too of like they were like poor and then they raise themselves up or whatever like i feel like that's i get a sense people are into that part of sports too this like backstory yeah i i haven't gone there yet i mean maybe someday i will but you know i think actually that reminds me i did see like this beautiful film about daryl strawberry Mm -hmm. um that actually i think was made by jessica jackson hutchins oh interesting Am I getting that right? I, I saw that at um, Bridget Donahue like a few years ago and it was just like a sort of like montage of different memorabilia about um, Daryl Strawberry and, you know, his sort of fall. Uh, I don't even remember what the story is, but I it was a very beautiful. Maybe? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't know much about him though, but when you're saying that, it did um he has a very pretty name <laughs> yeah and i feel like you they do feel like i mean i guess the other thing that is kind of contradictory is they're all they're all men and uh i mean we could have lots of like ideas about masculinity or something and sports or baseball or something but they feel so like soft and romantic actually and Kind of, yeah. I Um, mean, the way you paint them feels very loving towards them as a subject. Yeah, I guess it's that's probably just um, an indication of how I feel about painting. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I don't know. There's also something kind of spiritual too there. I mean, I I think the real baseball heads get into that like this zen thing mm-hmm. but and yeah again I just need to go deeper with it and someday maybe I will but um but yeah I think I'm already kind of picking up on it in my own way mm-hmm. um sort of like you're describing about the softness and stuff like yeah um, it's not particularly like I don't know I mean yeah there's a there's a gender thing I guess I mean it's it's I mean I guess I just have a really light touch with it or you know it's like I just like that I I don't know I think I've been thinking kind of I mean as you may know I've been thinking kind of about um politics and painting um for a couple years and sort of thinking about it kind of hard and thinking you know reflecting in my work about you know, and it's also like the painting landscape of our times. There's a lot mm-hmm. of um, there's a lot of politics in painting yeah. um, in many ways. Um, and yeah, I guess I just like it to be super embedded. I think mm-hmm. like I don't know. That's like I want it to be in the work, but in a way where it's like neutralized, and you're not. Um, it's not at the front of your mind. But yeah. you'll think about it at some point, or it's like at a deep, well, at a deep layer. Yeah, I really, I really, I, 
I feel that and relate to it too. Like, I mean, I think what's nice about that is there's a lot of ambiguity. Um, right. So that, yeah, it's not like, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree that there's politics there, but I also wouldn't say like, I know exactly what it is that you're saying about it. You know, I it, like, I don't think they're, I don't think you're really saying something about men per se, or even like Americana or something. Yeah. If anything, it's just the per- the sheer pervasiveness of baseball is something that yeah. I'm latching onto to say like, this is um, like really available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it, as a theme or something, it's like, and I, I think I have for a long time been really um, attracted to the aesthetics of, America in many ways, but never knew how to express that. Mm. Um, and yeah, I still don't really, but I'm just working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I made paintings in college that were like inspired by like Western films and like road movies and like mm. from stills of those films. That sounds cool. I haven't seen that segment of your work but I like the idea of it a lot probably no one will and you probably I mean I can I don't think I even have any photos mm-hmm. I feel like um yeah it feels like you kind of let your work be like well we were talking recently we had dinner and like I was kind of talking about how it it seems like you paint on a painting for like a really long time and it may have many different lifespans within that time or even just like the I feel like it bears mentioning the the baseball series so it sounds like you've been working on for like eight years and it feels like you could work on it for another eight or more you know like I feel like there's a very long time span in your work and that you don't seem like like, in a way, you could say, like, you keep things in play for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that a baseball reference? Kind of, yeah. Like- <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yes. I, that's really kind of, I haven't thought about that eight years I've been making those paintings. I haven't thought about that before. Um. I mean, I'm aware of time passing, (laughs) but um, like, yeah, that's, it just puts things in perspective in a way that I'm not used to doing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's also like a slightly painful thing because, um, you know, it's because I haven't shown or um, had um, for, for a lot of different reasons, you know, like, I've just worked on painting like without deadlines Mm -hmm. for a really long time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not long, maybe actually in the scheme of things, you know, in artists' lives, eight years baseball paintings, that's like whatever. Yeah. I mean, I feel like from my perspective, it's impressive just to like, go in. I mean, and you're, we'll talk about other, like you have several genres that are, kind of happening simultaneously but that is 
cool to me to just go that deeply into that and really kind of feel like you're still even figuring it out. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is, yeah, um, as we've talked about this before, but yeah, just like finding, you know, having having to work full time, not having the kind of um, like long swaths of hours to paint and just look at painting that I kind of had um, in my 20s um, in some of them. And um, so having to sort of fit painting into small windows and um, how that changes your practice and like you can kind of fight against it and you'd be really frustrated and it never feels like super great or anything, but you can also like, I think, let the work be shaped by that and respond to that um, constraint. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, yeah, the baseball players so sort of came out of that um, because, and also just the, like the wide variety of things I work on um, all at the same time, like the different subject matter. And oh yeah, and like you were trying to, you were talking about the time, spending so much time, like, uh, you know, a year on a baseball painting that's like 16 by 20, mm -hmm. or like even longer, three years on one of those, um, or three years on a painting that's like, you know, 60 by 80. Is that the size? 60 no not by 80 maybe more like 60 by 66 or something is like the larger scale mm -hmm. um and yeah like I just can't sit there and um you know for hours on end and just like kind of see into the pictorial space which it just required a different way of seeing I don't know the baseball players are small so it's like that's very doable um I can have a, a sitting that's like 30 minutes yeah and I can make like some specific progress in an area on one of those paintings in that time um so yeah it's also like really trained my sense of my own progress in a way to work at all these different scales and this and this like yeah, crazy rubber band time. So, mm. yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think it works for you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like it, um, I don't know, there's this, I feel like you feel a sense of the care and the like finding the right gestures and colors and I don't know, like they're not, which is maybe, yeah, maybe not so popular or something or it's not it's a strange way to yeah I mean it's I yeah um there's a lot of I think there's a lot of artists who've worked in that way and like maybe it's just harder to see because you know we don't get as many chances these days especially to like look at some like retrospectives or someone's whole body of work over time it's like we're seeing one painting at a time yeah um but yeah, I, I have to think, and I do like, thank you for saying that it's working. I mean, and I, I like, I think, um, I think about those other artists that are out there that worked like in this way. And, you know, I don't, I know some too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
not to say you're the only one, but it's, yeah. I think, I guess it's refreshing oh. maybe is a good way to like it's, it. Yeah. It's, well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It feels sincere and just on a different like emotional wavelength too that I respond to. Like I, that's like all I want is to be like moved or like they're very intimate feeling and. I'm glad that comes across. I mean, especially just it's because we can't look at, I mean, I can't have studio visits or whatnot. Like it's all through digital stuff right now. And it is, it does feel um, kind of harsh, you know, yeah. to, to be receiving painting through um, mostly like a light screen or whatever. Yeah, no, I don't enjoy that. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like art to be viewed on the screen primarily, but mm. Um, but I'm glad it kind of come that there's still something that comes across. I, I worked super hard actually to like figure out how to do a website too, just that would, that would make the work communicate something of what you're describing. Oh yeah. Was the website something you made since the shutdown or pandemic? No, I think I've sort of had it kind of, uh, again, just like for myself kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's that useful to people um or if it's like really functioning I feel and it's it does need more upkeep than I can do but mm -hmm. um I think it's a good introduction to your work I would yeah say. it's an intro yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like I had another question related to that um, oh, just that the first time I did see your work, I think, was in a show, though, that you had of the group show that Eric Palgon curated. I think that was Hello. the first place. And I, yeah, was That's only I um, updated my resume recently. So I did happen to be very um, heartened by noticing that that was 2019. Yeah. Oh, is it only 2019? Yeah. I thought maybe it was well, more like. 2017 or something I know yeah but it that was a great show and I thought it was a great like context for your work or something like I feel like maybe Eric shares like sensibilities with you and with totally. artists he likes and stuff yeah Eric is one of my oldest friends and is a fantastic painter and I have learned so much from him so um, and that show was very satisfying and like really sweet and had lots of interesting relationships and, um, was, yeah, really intimate, I guess. That's probably, that's probably what helped. It was like, the space was pretty small. Mm -hmm. Um, do you remember what it was called? I can't remember what it was called, but it's Saison at Benetier. Oh, not the space, but the name of the show. Oh, the show, um, it was called What Wind. Oh, yeah, right. It was very, like, sweet and, like, poetic and ephemeral or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, like, a softness to most of the work in the show. Mm -hmm. So I guess the you have a couple other genres that I am aware of one of which is like a more kind of historical painting or riffing on historical paintings in a way yeah um which I feel like which doesn't feel so different from the baseball players like I mean 
like the sensibility is quite similar also about the baseball players like I don't know what that era is but it feels like they're all are they all kind of old-timey like or or are they actually from different eras the ones of Willie Green are from the 80s oh I mean it's like that one image is from the 80s but um but yeah I know it's it's hard to tell and also because they're they're paintings and um they have so much like painting stuff happening like one of them is very french impressionistic and i i kind of call it like i mean because i don't know what they don't they're not really titled i kind of i'm still working on that Mm -hmm. but there's one that's like i call it like the french baseball painting Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just has like a sort of vouillard colors Mm -hmm. and i can see like that you know, kind of messes with the sense of time. Yeah, like if they yeah. feel nostalgic, I would say. Like it's, or even it's hard to place what the time frame mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the historical ones, did you have like, or what do you, I can't even. Well, we were talking about kind of, I was like, we we had a nice in-person studio visit like a year ago, I think. And yeah. we talked about those. And But something we talked about more recently, which I didn't realize, was that you did have this very religious phase in your childhood. And maybe they had come from that in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I was, okay, sorry. I'm trying to like piece together the sort of, the chronology in my mind because it is kind of all over the place and also in the pandemic you know just like I feel like every day I like drill into like one really specific part of my history and like think about like you know like a certain decade or like age or something and I'll just get really like um kind of like meditative and reflective about that specific time have you have you noticed this happening to you um you mean just about the the pandemic more more kind of reminiscing yeah it's like the general kind of reminiscing but I've noticed that for me it's like two or three days will be spent thinking about a particular era that's cool my life and then like I'll go really deep and just be all like tripped out about it and then a few days will pass and I'll be like, oh, but there's that other time too. <laughs> or right. like, well, I mean, it's happening because I'm, you know, because of people in my life and relationships and things I'm thinking about with like family or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, that sense of time and reflection and like, re, you know, kind of also like a lot of rebuilding your history or your relationship to your history through like living relationships with people in your life you know Mm -hmm. um I I guess I'm bringing that up in a way as an analogy (laughs) to um I think how I was thinking about um time in um when I was or sort of like my emotional response when I started making paintings about that were like drawn from like Renaissance painting. And mm-hmm. that was something I did in grad school. 
and it was like really also really hard to arrive at that point because I entered grad school making small abstract paintings mm -hmm. um and then ended up making these large multiple figure paintings where I was like cropping out certain aspects of like the sidelines or like a little um scene in a larger historical often biblical um scene and I would like crop out you know Christ dying on the cross but I would like paint the people who were like nailing his feet into the cross oh that's cool actually it reminds me also did you happen to see any the last show at Carrie's just I'm like blanking on the woman's name but she is like a ceramicist that kind of does a similar thing where she but more of the landscape she would like take a little piece of a landscape from like a a historical painting and make a little tiny like ceramic. oh my god I didn't know that's what those were I, I was I was seeing them all over Instagram and I didn't yeah. make it to the show it was really um, beautiful and I didn't realize that until like I talked to Carrie about it a little bit but they're really beautiful and sent, like I feel like you would like them a lot and feel an affinity towards them but I don't cool. think I realized that like that they were so specific to a source like I felt like more like you were riffing on just yeah yeah no I, it sounds like the ceramic work that you're talking about is a lot more like pinpointed on a specific kind of yeah on yeah things. no yeah I was I mean I was working in a similar way as with as I am now with the baseball cards where I was like and maybe yeah and yeah I was just um you know, getting kind of hooked on specific passages mm -hmm. and being like, what is it about these shapes that, or this sort of like series of relationships going on between these three people over here in the corner? Um, and I would just keep painting kind of from that same passage over mm -hmm. and over again. Um, and um, I'm kind of losing the thread there. Well, I have a question. I wonder if this would help. Like, I'm like, so what can you think of what some of the passages were? Like, I mean, I think angels yeah. are maybe sometimes part of them. Yeah. Um I I won't try to find I'm like looking around, like maybe I can find that book, but um so there's a Gerard David, Gerard David. <laughs> um, he's a Netherlands painter, um, you know, from high Renaissance and, um, uh, it's a, it's a very striking, very famous painting of, um, of crucifix, of a crucifix, of a crucifixion. Sorry. <laughs> I have that like post-workout, like, yeah, you know, uh -huh. they, yeah. Out of shape um but yeah um that painting is really intense because it's just got the the like christ is locking eyes with the viewer first of all mm. he's on the ground ah. and the cross is on the ground and it's sort of like the painting shows him on like that kind of hill so that it's not just totally like foreshortened so mm. he's like kind of propped up by, on, by the hill to be like displayed i mm. mean there's so much about display in this era of painting mm. um and 
there's a little dog. There's like these guys wearing crazy outfits and weird hats and stuff that are, that are nailing him to the cross. There's children that are peering over. There's like a whole crowd in the background and there's children that are peering over them, them like hillside to see, you know, what's happening. Um, but like, yeah, that, you know, Christ kind of like locking eyes with you in the center of this painting is, is what is like, so bananas about it. And um, I zeroed in on every, everything else. Right. <laughs> like I like, because the way the painting works is kind of like you, you know, kind of get in through the bystanders and you kind of like, you know, that's formally, I think how, you know, also I think has influenced cinema and, um, mm -hmm. you know, how we think, how we think narratively, um, but it's like the exchange of glances or like, you know, hands pointing a different direction and where the action is and speed. Um, so I guess I just was really into like looking. I was just like, I mean, this is, you know, work I made when I was a lot younger and um, still learning a lot and just was really into just like deeply looking at how one painting worked and then how, I guess making a lot of paintings as a result of that experience and maybe in a res as a response to that experience. I mean, and this is not a painting actually I saw in person, it's from books. And I remember when I was doing those works with the Renaissance influence stuff, I was, it was at first really important to me to go see the paintings. Like I was drawing at the Met and stuff and like, I mean, back then I lived in LA, so I was drawing at the Norton Simon <laughs> Getty. Um, but I like enjoyed being like, you know, in front of the painting, like having that kind of very, I mean, it's, it is kind of like cheesy. Um, well, it's very like, like a something you might be assigned in like school or something, but there's something that seems like, which I feel like at the time I was in school, I really did not want to do any of that. But now that I'm older, it seems like fun and kind of like getting back into like the basics of learning or looking or something. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I didn't have any assignments like that in school actually myself. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just had this propensity for like doing this thing that was kind of academic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I have also, I also am interested in just like what that means, like what academic style yields mm -hmm. in painting. Um, and it's a, you know, totally like a language we all kind of know. Right. Um, but I feel like you, and maybe I don't, this is my take on it. Like, I feel like when I look at those paintings, I don't, they feel like you're un academicing them in a way. <laughs> like, I feel like you're making them your own. So that it doesn't feel like a formal exercise. Like it feels like something else happened. For sure. Yeah. They, they're not studies. They're not, um, you know, I'm not actually studying the work in a way that um, would make sense to, to like, it's not research, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the painting itself, this like particular crucifixion um, uh, is not, 
it's not so super important to me that the viewer would like have an, a sense of what that was when they looked at my work. So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Um, and it strikes me too, like, I don't know, like these other figures are maybe a little more relatable than like someone being crucified, like. <laughs> right, that's, how, that's, yeah, you always get in through like the, but you know, just, just like you, that's how, you know, yeah. the, I think the politics of the time, like that's, they're trying to convert you, you know, and um, mm -hmm. control your mind. Right, yeah, it's, yeah. I, they could be called propaganda, I guess, but. Right. I feel like you like take it somewhere else. I mean, I think there's something kind of subversive about refocusing our gaze on these kind of um, background actors or something. Yeah, I mean, I thought a little bit about, yeah, there's, they're like workers, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them end up being paintings about um, maybe comes back to the Millet thing. Yeah. Um, but like looking at paintings of people working is mm -hmm. kind of like a weird fetish that we've developed <laughs> over the centuries of painting practice. Um, and yeah, I'm, I don't really go for um, that subject matter in, I guess, in, in the sense that like, I'm not trying to say something about that. Um, right. I mean, do you think it's still basis. happening? Like, I kind of was just quickly thinking, like, I don't think people do that anymore, though. Or if they did, it might come off as, like, condescending or weird or something. I mean, I guess I think that there is still, like, you know, art that is exploitative of the subject. Mm, yeah. But, like... Like, I don't know, I was just thinking like, let's say someone made an, a painting of like essential workers or something like that would be really cringy kind of probably. <laughs> or at least it yeah. would be really hard to make it a good, I don't know, it seems like a very hackneyed subject or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that's wrong. I'm <laughs> I mean, there certainly is, I think a, a big movement right now of, um, people painting, you know, subjects that need to be seen, you know, people who we haven't seen depicted in paint. Right. <laughs> um, that, um, you know, like Jordan Castile comes to mind. Yeah, that's true. But they're not, they're positioned more as people, just like this is a person, not a worker, you know, not a role. And maybe if they, if a person was being painted as a role now, it might be, um, well, I think maybe what, what makes, what made me say it might be kind of hackneyed is just like the, there's a built-in sense of maybe telling you how to feel about it, like, or. Right. I mean, yeah. I was going to say along with that, the current landscape of painting too, of like you know, a lot of figurative painting. There's a lot of like illustration too. There's a lot of yeah. like illustration, illustrative um, attitude in a lot of work that that can be that can be pretty um, uninteresting from the sort of painting um, conversation that you know I'm used to having. 
or something. Mm. It's like, but I'm kind of open to it and I'm trying to also, I think there's a lot to learn from seeing what's happening right now. What, or what kind of art is being shown and looked at and talked about and made. Yeah, totally. I think I'm just very resistant if, and I'm not really even thinking of a specific artist right now, more so I can think of like films that have felt this way, but if I feel I'm being like manipulated, I'm like very Mm. not into it. Like I don't, I don't like being trying to like be forced into one specific like emotional response or something. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, I don't feel that. I don't feel that about your work at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we kind of got a little bit of fields there. Yeah. But wait, I had a thought about there was. um, Oh, you pull you. So you have this other like if we are talking about work a little bit, you had a line on your notes that said having any job as a stage for expanded aesthetic experience I thought was an interesting um an interesting phrase and you were maybe relating it to the post-its a bit which I guess are associated with office work yeah um so for people who don't know I make paintings also about or well I just make I made four there's four of them yeah I made four paintings that are just like a grid of post-it notes um, and they are like trompe painted onto raw canvas and then have like a whole lot of different materials like markers and color pencil and oil paint and watercolor. They're really, um, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, they have, depth in that way, I guess. And um, and then they also depict the beast from Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. on each post-it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like an outline from the logo of the Disney musical. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, and yes, the line that you pulled about having a job as a stage for expanded aesthetic experience is just, that's just a thought that has been, um, I've been ruminating on for, you know, many years, just working an office job and having had some weird jobs also before um, that provided me um, like a strange window into the world and also, you know, forced a kind of division in my life because you know, I had to, um, you know, just having to work and not being able to make your art, um, uh, having to sort of, you know, develop, um, you know, getting to be a different person, really. It's like, that was one thing that also, like, when I was an artist's assistant, and also when I was in my 20s, like, I think, like just having to constantly perform artist and be artist a hundred percent of the time was like so awful <laughs> or just like very taxing and like psychically taxing. Um, say more about that. Like, so like maybe it's like a relief to be at the office and not be playing that role. I mean, I, I, I eventually have 
I, ha- I eventually have had to sort of see it as that. Like, it's like a, it is, a, it is a relief in some ways. Yet, like, I mean, um, yeah, it's not like good or bad. Like, this right. is a situation. And like, mm-hmm. um, but every job I've had, um, I've thought about, I mean, not now I'm thinking about it the most, but like, in, even in prior little jobs and even the Met one, I guess, like, how does this job, um, like, how can I aestheticize the job? Yeah. Like, how can I bring, like, my painting ideas or, or like, you know, practice or way of being um, into the job mm. so that I can, like, learn something about just looking at stuff in the world and making objects in the world um yeah so and it feels like it goes the other way too like the kind of you got inspired by the baseball players in the Met and um yeah it does go the other way too actually when I worked at um a clothing store I remember that that was this time when I had this concept I really didn't like that job and I had a um idea of like I would like get a bunch of like little trash from the job. Um, like, like it was like, you know, tags and tape and stuff we use to label things. And I like brought it into my house and into my studio as like an immunization for my studio against the job. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, here's a little bit of this poison. Oh, it's like a homeopathic it. remedy. <laughs> it was like a weird ritualistic <laughs> thing I did um kind of along these thematic lines of like how how I thought about um yeah how I thought about my job as a stage or something but mm-hmm. yeah um I if that answers your question yeah mm-hmm. I mean so do you feel were, were the um, drawings of, I was thinking, well, one thing I'll say about the post-it paintings, like, feels like they're kind of the inversion of your other paintings. Like, they're these kind of, they're very, like, tightly painted and, like, you, you're very good at making it look, like, realistic. But it's a, it's of a very kind of um accurate but I would say casual drawing of these beast figures which seem like something you could have doodled at your job right something is that kind of totally what happened I yeah did, I did doodle them at my job uh-huh. <laughs> and I brought them home and copied them into the painting right yeah that's and they I mean so they're kind of like logos a bit, or at least that's how I read them. It's like a beast holding a little rose. Yeah, with like the petals falling off because time is running out. Yeah, and there's a kind of like sad romanticism or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, but like kind of abject because it's just a doodle. Yeah. Logo. But it's interesting how, yeah, like fastidiously you're able to like, you give you take this thing that waste bin and like kind of put all the care and there is a lot of like painting labor that is kind of 
apparent in them. It occurs to me now, after having this conversation with you, that those paintings are the continuation of the idea of inoculating my art from my job. <laughs> because, yeah, that's exactly the same sort of, like, um, behavior. I, like, do a little doodle at work because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. Or like, I wish I could paint or something. And it's like, mm -hmm. I can just make this doodle um, and take it home. And um, and then putting it in the work as a way of sort of like safeguarding my work from the sort of ills of my sort of alienated worker life which is yeah. actually becoming less alienated I'll say so that there's been an interest maybe it's working like the medicine <laughs> yeah um that's cool I mean yeah. and it then in a way like I feel like when I first saw them I was a little confused by how much more like um how much more I thought about the labor of painting I guess because of their like I don't know, tightness or just accuracy or something. But now it makes, now that I connected with this idea of working, actually, it makes some more sense kind of. Yeah. I mean, and there's four of them. And actually, I I don't love the labor that is involved in making them. Mm. When I come home and I have to like take a post-it and like <laughs> just copy it, copy <laughs> the drawing I made. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not that, fun or creative but it is exactly the amount of energy I have at the end of the day mm, that's interesting like each yeah. post-it is like a unit of like a night of painting I mean not exactly but I mean I think that's yeah. sort of the point in some ways yeah there's like a date a, there's a grid of seven of them so it is like a calendar and, oh yeah and yeah and it's like supposed to have a daily feeling but um mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think I, yeah, that is come, now that I'm thinking more the calendar thing, it makes a lot of sense too. There's also like just the figure of the beast, like, um, I'm forgetting the story, but I feel like you were mentioning Disney to me and stuff and maybe it's like a reference point for you or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like he kind of, doesn't he transform into like, not a beast but like a prince by the end or something yeah he's like a disgusting human at the end <laughs> he's disgusting <laughs> human <laughs> I mean it's like you know you don't bond with that human it's very like you're just like ah who's that <laughs> like he have, yeah more empathetic as the beast kind of for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he's just a like normy like <laughs> alpha male or something yeah actually like at the end it's like he kind of just looks like a like a cartoon of like one of the disciples from the bible or something it's just like so generic it's like when you see like christian cartoons of like bible people <laughs> mm -hmm. that's another i mean sorry go ahead. no no you go ahead i was just that's like a area also sometimes my mind goes to this zone because I just was exposed to it so much as a child like the sort of aesthetics of Christianity for kids mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems so. related to Disney in a way like oh yeah yeah <laughs> for sure yeah it's a little bit embarrassing <laughs> well, 
do you want to say anything more about I'm like don't I know very little about the Bible and Christianity <laughs> but I'm I feel like I would like I would hear things like people had like lock-ins and stuff and oh yeah <laughs> that's so weird I never did that but um I had friends my my white friends um who went to church had things like that happen I went to a Chinese church um we didn't do that but we did have other weird things that we did. So like what? Um, I don't know. Like instead of having Halloween because Halloween's a pagan holiday, we would have international fun factory and <laughs> try to get all the neighbors to come to our parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? how would you manufacture the fun? <laughs> uh, we had like, we had like carnival games. Mm-hmm. It was just like a fair kind of. It was like a fair, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we would try to proselytize to you. Mm-hmm. So you you would like preach a bit or how does that work? No. Um, I mean, I was, just a, I was just a kid in the church and it was just like, you know, where I, my under, they, you know, I was sort of um, instructed to understand this as just an alternative for the community if, if they you know, feel Halloween is unsafe for them or they don't like it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I see. What, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that there was just this alternative. And no, I mean, I, I wasn't like tasked with actually proselytizing. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully they would just have so much fun they would be drawn into the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not so... Um, you know, the politics of churches and communities is not always so like pernicious like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it can just be also like a place for, I mean, that is often how they function. They're just a place where people commune. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see it as like evil or something, but I don't, I don't know. I guess my not knowing much about it there, I have a sense that you desire to bring more people in or something yeah I mean there's a lot there's I think there are a lot of different strains of and schools of thought around that in Christianity and I did go to a church that was very much about proselytizing and going and doing missionary work Mm -hmm. so um that concept got into me when I was really young and impressionable so there were not great results for me um, I think just socially, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, it's my childhood and, um, you know, there's probably good parts, like just being really sensitive to other people or just trying to like engage with them being like, it probably helped me be more, um, like extroverted or friendly to strangers maybe for sure I mean um just a little too much is the thing (laughs) (laughs) it's like I sometimes feel like I wish I had something like that because I was like an only child and I wasn't into sports I didn't have any church outlet there weren't that many kids in my neighborhood so I didn't I didn't have a lot of social outlets or sense of community outside of school. Um, And I feel like I was very like socially awkward for many years. (laughs) 
but um that kind of brings me to thinking about like you had posted this book recently called the center of all beauty by Fenton Johnson that has to do with like solitude and art and Mm -hmm. um, yeah I was just thinking or wondering about your relationship to like solitude in your creative process or yeah how important it is to you I mean it's um it's become really important um and it's also you know lonely Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean this is a time when a lot of people feel really lonely so I guess um it's kind of just like a good topic that we all kind of have feelings about. Um, But I feel kind of well-equipped in a way for this time, just because I have um, been just, yeah, having a studio practice that requires a lot of solitude for many years and um, have had uh, to sort of make it it work. um, you know, forced, it's forced me to resolve, to try to resolve a lot of, um, things about habits that maybe I have developed over the years, like that I, you know, the way in which we walk around distracted, um, kind of reacting to our thoughts, um, or to other people and stimulus, you know, stimuli, Um, and just acting out in a way that is, um, habitual, but, but maybe, um, but maybe not, um, how you want to be. Mm -hmm. Like on, like autopilot kind of. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. Um, yeah, maybe not with intention necessarily. And, you know, you may then like non-intentionally be, you know, kind of um, producing a, a, a personality and a type of person that, you know, you're just not really in control of, or, I mean, it's not about control, but um, that you, that you, um, yeah, maybe it is, it's about agency, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have found that having a lot of solitude and time to kind of like work on and think about um, these sorts of things. Also in relation to painting, you know, um, I think, you know, it's kind of becoming clear also through this conversation. And it's a little terrifying actually how much I collapse painting and life into like one spiritual plane Mm. it's a little scary actually but it seems that that's what I do um yeah I mean that's something I wanted to mention I kind of lost that train of thought that like maybe on some level that working from religious subject matter was also kind of a metaphor that painting is a spiritual practice for you or? Um, hmm. Yeah, I think 
I don't know in what way that metaphor is working in terms of like my painting those um, from biblical scenes, which, you know, they all have such a, such specific histories that we know like so much about, you know? So, um, but I think it's more just like, it, I think it goes personal. Like, you know, a lot of things in my work just, it's easiest to talk about um, through personal references. And um, I think it, it goes, you know, like, having encountered, um, you know, painting only through like kind of my um, experiences with religion as like the primary kind of um, vehicle to, for me to get to art. Mm -hmm. Like that was very, cause it's just not really something in my family. There's like no, um, there are no artists mm -hmm. and my my parents are immigrants from Hong Kong. And from what I can tell, uh, I am still, yeah, from what I can tell, like um, their sense of art and aesthetics just um, is kind of repressed and mm -hmm. kind of like, um, like they really just think about like, decoration art art is being decorative um which feels to me like maybe it came from some kind of repression that's deeper in their family mm. about like why you shouldn't be creatively expressive or I don't know right art, that art has a very clear function in society and it's meant to just like look nice or like decorate your home or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting way to put it. Yeah, the the with like I think probably a lot of people think of art in that way. Like I like the word the use of the word repressive. Like, yeah, I guess I think because there's I'm, I I use that word because I think there's like also like a. I don't know, there's just so much in my family history that like, I don't know, and I'm starting to learn now. And it's like a very painful process, actually, of just like, having been, you know, really, um, you know, growing up as like an American kid, with mm -hmm. like very little sense of like what my um, cultural roots are. Mm -hmm. Like, There's just a lot of recovery that I kind of am doing around that. Um, and not everyone chooses that route too. And that's totally like, I, I feel very aware of like being someone who chooses the route of like, I'm going to learn Cantonese now. Mm. I'm going to like get all into, you know, whatever. Um, the idea of maybe one day living in, in Hong Kong or something. Mm, that's cool. I didn't know that was something you were thinking about. It's very, very far from me now but or it's like a yeah it's in the distance but it's something I think about yeah that's interesting um because like I feel like so like a year ago when I came to do the studios visit I felt like you were maybe it felt like you were really struggling with like how to bridge like your work and like Asian American identity and like maybe even resenting that other people would want you to be kind of 
using that or or putting it in your work or something um yeah but it sounds like you're I don't I mean I guess I'm not still sure whether you want it to be a larger part of your painting but it sounds like you want it to be a larger part of your life in some way yeah I think I'm just like trying to not make distinctions between any of these things because right. like, that's the world the kind of uh that's where the harm has come from is just like this sort of othering um and um you know it's I it's already in my work in whatever way like people would like to access it I think it's also like still developing um and I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the yeah that ambiguity I think it's actually important that um that art gives the viewer space to think and to to go different deep places that um yeah I don't yeah. know <laughs> I have very little yeah it's it's just a lot of questions in my mind because I still don't you know I don't know like what it means to show work very much mm -hmm. I mean I guess like all all of the parts of ourselves are always in our work in a certain way so we don't have to really like force any one part forward um I mean unless you you want to unless you want to yeah exactly <laughs> um in my little research I came across your um this long century piece um which was kind of bits of your own painting but in, in homage to this artist Bernice Bing who was um uh an Asian American painter working in the Bay Area and who I was not aware of at all but I was like quickly kind of researching her and I was like I love her paintings and I was like wow they're really I felt like a real strong connection between her ethos and yours like I don't know if you've um I'm so curious as to what you found because I feel like her work is starting to um be like people are more interested in it slowly mm -hmm. like, there's like been little things here and there like inclusion and group shows and um there's not a lot of information um and I've never even seen any of the work in person, maybe once. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah but. Well, I came across this um, like blog post where someone quoted an essay by this woman, Lydia Matthews. And I guess she also, Bernice had a cute nickname of Bingo, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, this woman describing her like approach to her work, just like, I'll read it because it kind of reminded me of how I, see you mm -hmm. in a way um it says uh hers was a powerfully sustained yet quiet career this kind of artist can easily fall through historical cracks if we do not diligently keep her memory alive for Ber bernice being avoided trendy aesthetic fashions and refused to engage in the kind of self-promotion that is often required for art world notoriety her idea of success had everything to do with the caliber of one's acts and little to do with the recognition although she had success on both fronts. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel that from you of just like, I feel you're very dedicated to your work, but you're not, you're not a big self promoter and you're kind of like, um, <laughs> a little bit like, yeah, I don't know, doing your own thing. Um, yeah. And making that posture right now where you're like trying to like go into your shell. <laughs> I think I yeah. Was I embarrassing you? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I feel bashful. Oh, I mean, I meant it as a compliment. Also, she did. did I, I mean, I only really looked at her work for like 15 minutes. But even in that time, I came across like a piece she made that was ripping on Las Meninas and stuff. So even yeah, like, have different genres and historical work. I know when I wrote that thing, like a few years ago now, I hadn't made a lot of you know, the work that we're talking about and um, hadn't, um, yeah, I, I think perhaps getting interested in her work and her kind of legacy and just also really wondering about it in a kind of open way, like made me, like influenced me quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's still, I, I, I need to see that more of her work someday. Like, that's just, it's like, gotta yeah. happen. And, um, you know, I don't know, you know, what the meaning is of the connection that I feel about it, but um, about her and like, but I just, you know, was really shocked when I found out about her because she was um, super active in the community of like really well-known, really well-loved artists. Um, Bay Area Figuration artists were like hugely influential to me when I first started painting. Yeah. And people still are so like, I mean, I haven't seen the Joan Brown show yet, but um, I've been hearing a lot about it. And yeah, they were, they were friends. Mm. Um, and yeah, she just, you know, seemed like really, really like a pioneer and, and really inspiring and then had, um, you know, a career uh, working at, at an art center for youth mm -hmm. um, in the Bay Area. And I guess that like, I think for Chinese youth. And um, so she was really involved in the Chinese community mm -hmm. and did this sort of like work with um yeah work with the public and it caused her to like later in life kind of like recommit to painting move to the country set up a painting studio also she went to China after I think that career that was like the sort of transition I think mm -hmm. she like ended her like kind of public service art education career um that she did for many years because she was like I need to I mean that just suggests to me that she had like built up some kind of like deep need to like make her art like she had been mm. casting it aside for too long and was just like done was like yeah. you know and having I just relate to that like having like feeling like you have to choose somehow um between like art and your community yeah, I mean, like, I, 
have only done a very little bit of like volunteer work, but I am very, it's very, I'm very reticent to give up my time. Like I'm always like feeling like, even though I have kind of a lot of time, I'm always like feeling like it's never enough kind of. So in a way, I feel like that's my most precious resource or something. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I feel like we're going to learn about different types of like ways in which time works for people mm-hmm. and like the way people use time because right now it's like such a weird I like yeah I don't even know how to express how strange my sense of time is right now and how 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 little time I feel like I have when mm-hmm. there's a pandemic like <laughs> what is that yeah well and I I feel like I've become this like snail like I really slowed down a lot and I don't want to I don't feel any desire or ability to rush anything which is very nice but only kind of works in this weird scenario and still like ru- like I am still rushing like at least 50% of the time like really in general yeah like I have so much anxiety I because I have to commute to work still right um like I'm eating the second half of a frozen pizza that like I ate half of in the Zoom call last night, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, like it's kind of crazy. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, don't that is a different, like you're, you are still working in a, in a, like I am work, I'm guess now I'm on winter break, but I was only working on Zoom and so I, like gain some hours and not commuting for that yeah yeah I gained a little bit too because I work from home two days a week Mm -hmm. or sometimes three days a week and then those days I have you know more time and I'll you know try to take advantage of that by like using that time towards making my Christmas candles or, um, <laughs> you know, like just, te- just like checking things off the list really. Cause it's like, feels like there's just so much to do. I, yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Be a no. Like, <laughs> I mean, making art in and of itself is like so much to do. And then. Right. Also, just being a person who cooks for themselves and does their laundry can feel like so much to do. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like it, Sunday becomes like the day to do every single home task for me. Mm. Like from laundry to vacuuming to like it's like every single one. I actually, I decided that's that's kind of insane, and I I can just like do a few, but. Yeah, I'm pretty low key on my housework, I have to say. <laughs> oh, you, your place is so nice. It feels very well kept. Oh, thanks. I'm I I I feel like I mean, I love my home a lot and I like Oh, we both also have a live work situation. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like works really well for me. Do you I and I feel like it seems like it makes sense with your vibe like yeah I mean I feel like it's it's well it's like it has made the work you know like that that whole this whole circumstance of that I find myself in is what made this work I mean I think I would like to explore other 
types of <laughs> like what work would happen if I had a studio and more time. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. I also would, I mean, I would, I feel like I like having my home studio, but I would definitely love to expand into a separate studio, but I would love for it ideally to be like one or two blocks away. That would be my fantasy. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One day or actually maybe just having a whole house where I have like another like studio in it or something. Um, but enough about me. <laughs> um. I don't know if I really spoke enough to the whole thing about Bernice Bing. I mean, I that that piece I like. Um, I don't have a lot of opportunities to do things like that. It was like a digital blog thing, and I submitted a bunch of photos of paintings that I have destroyed or painted over. So it was sort of supposed to be like a meditation about like process. Um, -hmm. and an exercise, I think also in a type of looking or a type of gaze, like, I guess in relation to loss or something. Mm, Yeah. Do you have regret over things you've painted over much? No, (laughs) (laughs) not, not a lot. But that's mostly because I'm kind of a hoarder. Mm-hmm. I don't really destroy paintings. Um, and that's also like, you know, what we've talked about a lot of this time is just like I work with accumulation more mm-hmm. than like design and sort of, you know, like I, I let things, I just try to work it out. You know, it's like also a very, I think, something I've learned from certain strands of American painting where it's like the formal problems just you have to keep pushing through them yeah but you know a lot of people also destroy paintings that they don't like if they get stuck yeah I mean I think I do I wouldn't say I destroy them but I paint I like paint over things completely and start anew but I remember you talking about that in another podcast in another episode with someone yeah But I'm starting to feel like maybe I should, I mean, I think there's a part of that that has to keep going. But if I feel like I've finished something and then I go back and like decide it's not good enough anymore, I feel like I should try to resist that because sometimes it's hard to tell in the moment whether something's good or not. Yeah. I mean, that's been a huge benefit of like my having to work and not having a lot of time to paint <laughs> is that paintings take longer to resolve. And just this time between my last time, my last chance to paint and my next chance to paint could be two weeks. Mm-hmm. And in that two weeks, I could like see the whole thing completely differently. You yeah. know? And I might have even decided it's done or whatever, you know, like so much can happen. Yeah. So having this forced slowness. Um, can, um, can like, I don't know, somehow like, um, I don't know how I'm trying to say it does some, it like can strengthen, um, the relationship between like, 
Sorry, I'm kind of trailing off here. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like it definitely seems advantageous or like a good thing in a way. Yeah, I mean, I think I used to, I, I, I just, maybe this is in relation to some received notion I had from undergrad about like the momentum that you develop in painting and also like, you know, one pass paintings or just like, I mean, painting when I was in school, like in early 2000s was, you know, it, it was huge. There was, this was like a very um, exuberant time for painting um, mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And <clears throat> I think a lot of the work was just really big, really ambitious, very painterly. Mm -hmm. um, um, there was a lot of bad painting being championed as well as mm -hmm. a style. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that was, yeah. And so I think I learned at that time from my teachers and TAs that, you know, like there was something important about momentum and mm -hmm. like keeping a train of thought and like, I mean, that, yeah. I, I'm trying to think what else to say about that. That 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 is. I mean, this is like a really. It's funny. This word urgency, mm. the urgency in painting, is a very like kind of. It can be a very trite, kind of word, or it can. I don't know. I, I I remember using it a lot in undergrad, to basically to always describe things I didn't know how to describe. <laughs> mm. Um. Or just a feeling, I guess, that I didn't know how to describe. Mm -hmm. But. I was very attached to this mode. Um, That's what you, you like, you like thought that was the way to go kind of. Yeah. I think I thought that was like what made a good painting. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I really had a lot of, I remember I liked some abstract painting. I liked some of like some slow painting. I, I eventually kind of understood what Agnes Martin was doing, you know, but like that wasn't like my bag or whatever in undergrad. I think I was like, very much more like, I mean, it's, it just is because of who taught me, you know, and the influences around and who had the power to, to be influential. Yeah. But, um, they were just like all about fast, you know, very, very much from very, like very German expressionist influenced mm -hmm. um, painting that was um, big, very emotional, but like all the emotion is like angst. It's like, yeah. that's like, there's not a lot of emotional range, actually. Like, that's the one emotion. Um, yeah. And that was what I looked at for, like, that whole time. That makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like I definitely have an impulse towards that kind of work, too. But, like, I don't know. When I think of the way you work now, like, maybe it would describe it like an incremental or something or evolving and I just think about like like painting can be kind of scary and like it can be like each step is like a risk of like is it gonna work or not or something so in a way like if you slow it down you like build up the courage for the next like move or something totally yeah it's true and I, I feel like also it yeah, I've, I have 
being in the same space as live workspace for now like five years has kind of helped because I think I've really gotten into a rhythm and also having like a very like kind of rigid schedule in my life. Um, but yeah, like starting and stopping a painting session has become very um, kind of natural. I don't know, like even if it sometimes is like literally five minutes, it'll sometimes be super, super short. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. And then I end up like staying up till like 3am. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. fine too. Um, so it's very, very, it feels really actually luxurious that I can kind of explore that, that range. Um, and, and then having the added element of just like time to time away, um, time, like, you know, to let the painting settle into itself and then return to it, Mm -hmm. um, and see, yeah, what to do next. I mean, it's, 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 it was hard, basically what I was saying is like, I think it's, it was hard to arrive at this place since it's so counter to sort of my original notion of what makes a good painting. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like when I, that was actually like my friend at the time told me this because we were both like painters and we always like, we hung out and egged each other on all the time and talked about painting. And she would describe how after a painting's done, meaning like her, like after she thinks it's done, it's just like a wall builds up and she can never go into it again. Um, but that has completely broken down for me and I can like almost work on any painting (laughs) at any time. I mean, actually, no, I do know I, there, there is a sense of being finished for Mm -hmm. some work, but that notion of finish has been really sticking with me in a weird way. And like something that I just, am still kind of puzzling over because I don't know. I mean, like for most, for a lot of artists, I think it is like showing the work that makes it like, then it's really done. You really just can't ever see that thing. again. It's gone. And, um, I can work on things forever and I sometimes do Mm -hmm. and I sometimes don't. Right. There's that Picasso line. It's like paintings never, and painting's never done. It just stops in interesting places. But yeah, I feel like I can. I mean, but actually, you know, usually we decide an endpoint of some kind. And but that can be can be very confusing sometimes for me to know if something's done or not. I think especially maybe when you look when you work in a way that's not like about refinement or something, it becomes a lot more like subjective. What what makes something done or not? Yeah. How do you decide? I don't know. I I mean, I don't, uh, sometimes I need help in a way, you know, I'll like ask someone else or something like, (laughs) but I don't know. I just feel it out, but I feel like I always want someone to tell me a better way of doing it. Do you have work that you haven't finished from years ago? No, not really. I mean, I, yeah, I, although I've gone back to things from years ago and decided they're not good anymore and then just reuse that canvas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm, yeah, 
which I like doing. <laughs> yeah, I I have a I usually unstretch it and then mm-hmm. I like roll it up. Mm-hmm. So I try not to let any painting that was done at some point get destroyed. Yeah, I, I think can help it. I get a little like I love to throw things out or I like frugality. So the <laughs> idea of reusing something appeals to me on some level. But I, I think, get it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to resist that more because I think it's I have had some regret now about things I. Mm, yeah. Not a lot though, but yeah. <laughs> um. But maybe the last thing we could talk a bit about is um, your drawing, which I do feel like that maybe operates in a different pace. Like it feels a little more diaristic or faster or something. And I'm curious, you had a show of like an outdoor painting show. Um, I love that this is a show. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I guess it was a show, but it was, um, yeah, it was my friend Dawn Cerny, put drawings outside on her fence. She lives in the suburb of Seattle. Um, I don't know. There was definitely no, you know, it wasn't like there was an invitation that went out or anything. It was just for her neighborhood and whoever was around driving by. Um, And that work was all from, again, like, probably eight years ago till now, Mm. um, there was some also drawings. There was like a drawing by this artist, this, this street artist, Obar. Um, I purchased one of his drawings once on eighth Avenue because I would walk by him every day on the way to work. He's the guy who puts up the whole grid of like, you know, minimal geometric abstractions. They're just like eight and a half by 11s and they're all in these plastic sleeves and he just tapes them all up in a grid. Mm-hmm. So there was one of those in there. Um, so it was kind of like a range of different materials. Drawing is kind of not something I know how to formally talk about yet or like I don't know in what way it fits into the larger um, painting practice there's definitely I mean I guess there's a lot of drawings that are used in paintings like there I draw things before I paint them or I draw things to work out different shapes and stuff sometimes mm-hmm. mid painting you know I'll make a drawing because I have a formal problem mm-hmm. um, but usually the drawings are pretty crappy and not very refined just like just to get some basic information like they're they're pretty functional um but that's not the drawings that were like in that show right that's a different I mean they get kind of mixed up okay there is a kind of like I guess that that fence show did have the sense of accumulation as well just because there's so much there's so many different themes there that had accumulated over the years there was even um these 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 holiday cards that I I so I like I like hand painted holiday cards um, for my boss and the other woman that I work with um, at SBA. And um, 
this is from like two years ago, actually, because that was the time when I was like transitioning between bosses, but both bosses were there. So like, it's like happy holidays, Kathy, happy holidays, Rose, and happy holidays, Anna cards. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is definitely an example of like having my, not being able to distinguish or not being able, like my day job just becoming this like fantasy (laughs) like 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 projecting it into some kind of like weird place where it's like I don't know I'm having some kind of like third person perspective on myself and um yeah so these were like cards that you didn't end up you didn't actually give to the the bosses you just yeah (laughs) um I like that idea a lot. Like it, I kind of didn't connect the dots on that, but it's really funny to me to make like a painting that's in the, in the style of a holiday card. <laughs> I actually, they were, so when I made the cards, I I, th- I ended up making like extras so I could actually give some away, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was, I kept doing them and it was super fun. And like, I just loved the, um, I don't know, like the sentiment, mm-hmm. I guess. And also their names, Kathy, Rose, and Anna. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about an office workplace. Um, I thought it was a really good subject for painting. So I, I, I had intended to keep those cards to make a painting with them. And I just haven't been able to do that yet. Mm, yeah, um, I like. I want to see. It would be cool if they were like really big versions of holiday. Cards. Yeah, I think I had wanted to make really big versions. Yeah, yeah. It kind of just like it's so. There's not actually that much information, but yeah, it does like make my imagination kind of like just think about like personas of you as like the office worker and them as the bot. I don't know. It, like it like. And it, it makes me think of just like, yeah, like almost like sitcom scenario. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I just connected actually that to, um, you know, Vanessa, Vanessa's work, Vanessa Gulli Santiago. Oh, yeah. She makes those paintings all about. Oh, right. Hers have like a dark, a dark sensibility, though. I feel like yours would be more like, or I don't know, they seem more. Well, nine to five comes to mind, but that also <laughs> has like, like a kind the of movie. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, they are kind of like plotting to like they capture their boss and like tie him up and stuff. But I don't know something. There's a different dynamic between like I guess it's like career women, maybe is or something. Yeah, <laughs> that you're yeah, all. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like more of a just like exploring a workplace rather than like maybe the like dark side of power dynamics which is what I see in Vanessa's work or something Mm -hmm. but I don't know I mean yeah I would be curious where you take that it it seems like a cool idea (laughs) yeah we'll see there's a lot of work that I may not have time in my life to make I think you feel like you have more much more ideas than you can actually kind of carry out Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's what 
in a way drawing is good for I feel to just like yeah burn through all these ideas and then decide which you want to go further into totally but I was surprised that you said that the drawings like the way I saw the drawings maybe as just being a separate thing that feels like very free and like experimental or something it's it's true it they they are um I have been making drawings of children playing <laughs> but it's like from a it's directly taken from this sheet of stickers mm -hmm. do you know what I'm talking about um I mean I know about sheets of stickers but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture what the children playing poses would be but <laughs> I can try to pull this one um it looks kind of like this. Okay, yeah, that, yo, those are, those ring, those are like precious moments. Is that what that is? <laughs> it kind of feels like it, it's from this, it's definitely from that same era of, yeah. In, of, yeah, image <laughs> marketing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hallmark. Um, but yeah, I've been making drawings from these, from this page of stickers lately for a while and um you're right it's a separate thing and it is like you know just like the joy of like paper that gets crinkly and like you can't you don't have to prepare it it's just ready to go and mm -hmm. yeah um I don't know what they will be yeah I, I don't really yeah I feel like that's what's nice about, I mean, it feels like there's a, they feel like the same sensibility of your paintings in terms of like an emotional space or a handling or something, but yeah, they feel like in a way, like they don't have to be anything or something. Like you're not, like you don't have an agenda when you make them or something, which is nice. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah, I enjoy that as well. They're actually, um, they were supposed to be in a book at some point because I like sometimes bind books. So they're sort of like, um, mm -hmm. I've been thinking about them as a spread that's like two pages, like a coloring book kind of. But then I feel like just as an as the object to be this like the shape of an open book. Mm, they look really cool. I mean, it's interesting too. They look like, you kind of the child is kind of absent too yeah they're like more spirit child like a spirit of a child mm -hmm. or um yeah they're they're kind of like I think we talked about it a little bit earlier like the this sort of rendering of um you know I mean I, I yeah I was thinking a little bit about I was thinking about innocence mm -hmm. um and just like what is it you know kind <laughs> of mm -hmm. like like um and a lot about like the the we have so much attached to like loss of innocence mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a trope i guess mm -hmm. um and um but i thought about them as like solitary 
figures that are sort of like have a sort of, um, you know, feel like they're like little artists. They're, they're just like, like, like um, sort of performing an example of like what it is to just be like independent and like with other people, but like really doing your own thing.